A reading from the book of Isaiah, chapter 51. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham, your father, and to Sarah, who bore you. For he was but one when I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation, for a law will go out for, from me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near, my salvation has gone out, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me, and my, for the, my arm they wait. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish like smoke, and the earth will wear out like a garment." And they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever. And my righteousness will never be dismayed. Listen to me, you who know righteousness, the people in whose heart is my law. Fear not the reproach of man, nor be dismayed at their revilings. For the moth will eat them up like a garment, and the worm will eat them like wool. But my righteousness will be forever, and my salvation to all generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to the innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken, that is, things that have been made, in order that things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As you are able, please rise for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel reading is from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 24. Jesus said, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near at the very gates. 
Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day when Noah entered the ark, and they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field, one will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill, one will be taken and one left. Therefore stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Well, grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I recently have gone through the process of getting glasses. Uh, this all started a couple of years ago when I realized that when I was reading, uh, I think it was at my dad's place, and he had some readers on the, on the table. And I was reading something, I just picked them up and put them on, and I went, oh man, this is so much better. I can actually see, like I, I was getting to the point, I didn't realize it, but I was getting to the point where I needed readers and now it's, it's getting even worse. And so in the last couple of months, I, I went to see Dr. Tori Ray. She's one of our disciples here and she got me some glasses, some progressive lenses. And these progressive lenses, I've got readers here, but they're progressive lenses. I can, I can see, well, you, you know how they work. I, I don't really need that much help as I'm looking further out, but as things get closer, I need more help. And so the progressive lenses do that for us. So after 52 years of good vision, I can no longer make such a boast. And uh, every time I put my glasses on, now I'm in the in-between in stage. Like right now, I can kind of read this, but I have these here just in case my eyes get tired and I have to put on the lenses. And the lenses are, I, I'm realizing, are, are starting to be something that I'm really relying on more and more. And as we think about lenses and, and how important they are to some of us, really they are important to all of us, not eyeglasses, but the way that we see things. And specifically as we look at scripture, it's really important for us to understand the lenses that we use to look at scripture. Jesus was someone who was always kind of making things fuzzy for people. People thought they knew things about God, things about religion, but Jesus had a way of making things a little fuzzier and showing them that they needed a new type of lens to look at our God. He was a master teacher. Jesus spoke with authority and the way that he often taught was by using parables, by using uh, imagery. Um, when people wanted to have an answer to something, Jesus would not give them a direct answer. You know, when Jesus said, Jesus, how do I need to live? Or what does this look like? He didn't give them a list. He didn't give them like, okay, check off this and then do this and then do this. When someone said, Jesus, how am I supposed to live? He would say, well, there once was a farmer. I'm like, Jesus, what are you telling me a story about a farmer for? Well, Jesus used parables to give people a new way, a new lens of looking at things, to challenge worldviews. Those challenges are not just for the readers or for the, his time, but all, they are for modern day readers. And it comes to us today. The religious leaders of his day would, would marvel at how he spoke. And 2000 years later, we're still mining the depths of his teachings. 
Unfortunately, though, our vision is not always as clear as we would like it to be when it comes to the teachings of Jesus. If you just pick up scripture and start reading without any further context, sometimes things can seem a little bit fuzzy. We'd like to have a lot of clarity in some areas, especially when it comes to things in our own life. Sometimes we go to scripture saying, Jesus, I need an answer for this, so I'm going to go to your word. Jesus, should I keep this job or should I find another one? Jesus, should I pursue this goal or a different one? Is this the right direction for my life? And especially some of the harder questions we might go to scripture with, why is this happening to me? Or where is God in this situation? We want clarity. But too oftentimes, it seems, it seems blurry and fuzzy to us. Our text for today, we're going to focus on the gospel text. I know those, those Old Testament reading and the Hebrews reading, those were heavy. There was some heavy stuff in there. We're going to focus on just a little bit of what Jesus said in the gospel reading of Matthew. We're going to focus on the parable of the fig tree. You see, the lessons that Jesus was giving in Matthew are designed to give us a clearer picture. We'd like to know what things are going to be like in the future. It's clear that's something we want, but our vision is not always clear. There are things that can worry us. We want to know what's going to happen at the end. When will it happen? What's going to happen? Who is it going to happen to? Who's going to be saved and who's not? There are countless books and movies have been devoted to this teaching of Jesus Bible prophecy is a best-selling topic in Christian bookstores. It's very popular on Christian TV. It's important for us as, as followers of Jesus, of believers in God's word, believing God's word to be 100% true, that we study it carefully. What Jesus says is true. God's word is true. It's going to happen. We would do well to read it carefully would be do, do well to read what has been passed down to us. One of the ways that we can do this is to examine scriptures according to other scripture, to let scripture interpret scripture. We look at multiple texts on the same topic to get clarity when things seem fuzzy. The entire book of scripture is to be read in context. It is one continuous story from beginning to end, from creation to recreation. So when we take one verse or one prophecy, if we take it out of context, it, it seems to be confusing. It doesn't take us to the overall message or the, or the direction of scripture all the time. So it's good for us as we examine a text to, to let the principle of scripture examining or interpreting scripture be our guide. So when Jesus speaks, it doesn't always clear up things for us. And there are things that still can cause us concern. Jesus says what coming in the end, is going to be difficult. It's not going to be easy. Things aren't going to get better. Actually, things are going to continue to get worse. And we don't know when. We don't know when it's going to happen. Jesus says in verse 36 of our text, no one knows the day or the hour. Jesus compares it to the flood of Noah. When Noah and his family were saved, they knew nothing, he says, until the flood came and took them away. As a side note, 
we as Lutherans have not the same understanding of, of end times as, as everyone else. The series Left Behind talks about people being left behind during the so-called tribulation after Christians are taken to be with Jesus. As we interpret the scriptures, we see that when Jesus comes back, that's the end. Judgment will happen. We will meet with Jesus in the sky to be with him, welcoming him to earth like a dignitary going out to welcome as a welcoming party. And as we read the scripture for today, it seems that those that were taken were swept out in the flood and the ones left behind were Noah and his family safe in the ark. That's another Bible study for another time. What we have today are the words of Jesus. And he says that when the end comes, it's going to be difficult and no one knows when it's going to happen. It will catch people by surprise. But this image is still not clear enough for us. The picture is still a little bit fuzzy. Jesus says that we can learn the lesson of the fig tree. When the fig sprouts, you know that summer is near. I'm going to be going to the Holy Land here in just another 23 days. 23 days I'm going back. Can't wait to go back. And Jesus would take the, the vegetation of the time and, and would use it as examples. And the fig tree is a great example. But you don't have to have a fig tree around. We know what happens here in Indiana. It's true around your house that when the winter is coming to an end, there are signs that the spring is coming. In our yard, it's the daylilies that pop out on those sunny days. It's that promise that something else is coming. The trees and the plants, they're going to bloom again. In the warmer weather, there is something reliable that we see. There is a pattern. There is a cycle. It's consistent, it's trustworthy. And in the same way, our God is reliable. What he says is true and his plan is not mysterious. Jesus gives various signs that the end is coming. The picture is starting to get a little bit clearer now. The time can't be known completely, but there will be signs of his coming. You see, we need a lens to bring us clarity. We need a lens like, like new progressive lenses, one for various situations. We need something to help us in the intermediate time. We need something to help us right now, what's right in front of us. And we need something for the day-to-day. -day. We need something as we look also into the future, into the distance. And the good news is we have that lens. Matthew has been laying out some of the groundwork since the beginning of the book. And we've been walking through it these few weeks here at Cornerstone. And we've seen that God has been working for generations and generations to bring about his plan of restoration, of redemption. Our first week in this series, we saw that Jesus has this, this family tree. It's a, it's a genealogy of generations of how God has been unfolding his plan, sometimes through the most unlikely people. In our second, we, we saw that our God did not stay distant, but he has come to be among us. He's come in the middle of this mess, in the flesh, that God came to be here. The third week, we saw that God is, is working on behalf of the entire world. It's not just for one nation or, or one race of people, that God is for all. Last week, we saw that he is powerful enough to, to control the elements, to walk on water, and he's powerful enough to control even the fears in your life. God is powerful. And this week we see that God and God's word and God's ways are shown most clearly 
through Jesus. Jesus shows the way. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way, long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed as heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. If we wanna know what God is up to, we look to Jesus. If we wanna know what God has to say, we look to Jesus. You see, brothers and sisters, in Jesus, we have the lens that brings all, all of scripture into focus and it brings our lives into focus. It's a lens that you were given in baptism. You were given Jesus. He is there in every situation, in every trouble and in every joy. It's a lens that allows us to have the confidence for the future. We have nothing to fear because we are in Jesus. When we read the words of Jesus about the trouble that will come and the judgment at the end of the world, we read them as baptized children of God. We are safe in Jesus. There can be times of confusion. Sometimes things can seem fuzzy or out of focus. Again, we turn to the author of Hebrews who says, we should fix our eyes on Jesus. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. He is the one who endured our pain, who now sits enthroned in heaven above, and he is our advocate. He is on our side. He is for us, and we are in him. As I consider passages like this as a pastor, I ask myself how I'm going to present this. What's the mood that should be taken as we, as we go into this text for the week? How should I approach this? We should take the same approach that the early apostles took. Jesus himself in Matthew 24, verse six said that when you see these things, don't be alarmed. Fear and trembling is not the desired outcome of these passages. This is not why Jesus was giving the instruction and it's not why Matthew recorded it. Almost every time these sections of scripture are taught, it creates alarm and fear in the hearts of believers. The purpose that Jesus has in his teaching and the purpose of the prophets and the apostles writing, especially in apocalyptic literature, is not to bring alarm, but rather to bring peace. The words of, of prophecy and scripture are given to believers who are dealing with pain, with hurt, with brokenness and chaotic situations. The disciples themselves will witness the destruction of the holy temple. They will be persecuted and most of them will die for their faith. What Jesus says about troubles is true to those that are present as he's teaching in that passage. And it's been true for 2000 years. It's true today. We are all enduring different kinds of hardship. People are dying today because of their faith in Jesus. So how are we as believers in Jesus to understand our current situation? How can we be sure that we're still loved by God and that, that he will take care of us. Jesus' words assure us that we have everything we need for a relationship with the Father and a place in his kingdom. Jesus is the focus. He is our vision. He is what we see with clarity. We are in him. We're reminded of that every time we come together as a church where his word endures. Jesus said, all these things will pass away, but my word will endure. 
and it's here today as proof of that. Even in the midst of troubles and wars, we gather in the middle of a world that's falling apart. We gather in bodies that are falling apart, in eyes that are falling apart. We gather longing for restoration of ourselves and of the world. And when we gather, we're brought the reminder of God's goodness, of his gifts, of his peace. We are the ongoing fulfillment of Jesus' prophecy that his words will never pass away. His words, his word is here. We hear his name placed on us in baptism. We're reminded of that every time we gather in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a word that was placed on us, his name. The sign of the fig tree is enough. You don't have to be a biologist to know that summer is coming. You don't have to know all about photosynthesis and temperature levels and sunlight that causes the fig tree to sprout. You just know that summer is coming. In the same way, you don't have to be an expert in Bible prophecy in order to know that Jesus is coming back. He told us that he is. And he told us that the earth will pass away and will be remade. He said that only his word will endure forever. And we are to be about that word. We are connected to that word in our baptism. It is that word spoken over us. It is that word that is proclaimed here today and is that word that Cornerstone is about. It is that word that is proclaimed from his family of believers. We need clarity and we're shown Jesus. Not the details of the future. No one knows. No one. The time isn't known by anyone. And if anybody tells you that they know the time, run. Jesus said that no one, not even himself, knows the time. But what we're shown is Jesus. We can see him clearly. All the fullness of God is in him. We know that he is the one who holds the future in his hands. We do know that Jesus and his word will never pass away. And we do know that Jesus is in control. And this brings us peace. We see him with clarity. He is the one who has brought us clearly to light. He is the one who has brought clearly to light in scripture. Praise be to him that he has made us his. He has placed his name upon us. And in him, we have no fear. In him, we can completely trust. And in him, we are shown the way to the Father. Amen.